The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Today on Crawl Call, we're getting ready for the big game. Do you watch football and have no idea what's going on and are afraid to ask a loved one for an explanation because you might be tackled? Well, Alex Clancy is here to tell you the things that you'll need to know to follow along this year. And for the more seasoned football fan, he'll break down what the New England Patriots and the Seattle Seahawks both need to do to come out on top. And if you don't watch the big game for the football, well, you must be watching for the commercials. We'll have a preview of what to expect from this year's commercials. And you can't have a Super Bowl party without some super snacks. The Kitchen Witch, Lindsay Wells, is back with some easy-to-make and tasty snacks for your party. Plus, we bring General Hospital Emmy winner Nancy Legron into the huddle to find out what her favorite Super Bowl snacks are and to learn more about her new digital series, GH Now. That's coming up today on Curl Call. Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of Kroll Call. I'm your host, Dan Kroll. I am back. Thank you to Richard Sims for filling in for me last week. It was a really good show. I appreciate the fact that he was able to step in on a last-minute notice. You may be wondering, well, where were you? I was here. Really, I was. I hadn't been you know, traveling to another space or time or anything like that. I am recuperating from a little bit of a shoulder procedure. I have a torn rotator cuff, and of course, as these injuries usually are the case, it is my dominant hand. It's the hand I use all the time. It's my right hand, so it has been quite difficult being able to carry about my everyday life, and unfortunately, this also means that I will not be able to participate in this weekend's Super Bowl. I know that comes as a huge disappointment, not that it was ever really in the realm of possibility, but for anyone out there who was possibly expecting me to pop up on their screen on the field at the Super Bowl, well, it's not going to happen. So we're doing the next best thing and having a really big show for the really big game. We're probably not allowed to say the name of that uh, event. You know, they have... There's a lot of weird things that go on with professional sports. You can't say certain things. You're not even really supposed to say the NCAA without paying for using that particular aspect. That's why a lot of people will just say college basketball, college football. More than you need to know because that's not really the part of this show. But you can't really say Super Bowl. So if you look at a lot of the commercials or look at your newspaper or other ads, they'll always say the big game, the big event, the football extravaganza, whatever they say. It's because you know there's a restriction on using the Super Bowl name in promotions. So to get around that today, we're calling it <laughs> the Super Crawl. I'm sure there's a perfect opportunity to you know self-promote my ego is obviously not suffering from any sort of deflate gate because we're using my name in the title of the show the super crawl 
But in in all seriousness, we are talking about the Super Bowl, Super Bowl Forty Nine, and we're going to be covering all of the aspects that you could possibly want to know. If you have no idea what's going on in football, if you watch it and you don't understand what's going on, why this is worth so many points, and you're expecting a home run to be hit. We may not be able to help you with that one. But if you don't really understand what's going on, we're going to have a little bit of a breakdown today so that you at least understand the basics of what goes on during a game so you can sort of follow along. And maybe if you do have questions, you can ask your loved ones that are in the room with you without the fear of your head being snapped off and thrown around like a football because you're asking questions during the game. So that's the point of that. But if you are more seasoned and already know what's going on, on the football field. Alex Clancy will be telling us the strengths and weaknesses of both the Patriots and the Seahawks. He will be talking a little bit more about some of the other things that are going on behind the scenes. Of course, I mentioned Deflategate. We'll talk a little bit about that as well. Then, you can't have a Super Bowl party without having some Super Bowl snacks. Lindsay Wells, the Kitchen Witch, is going to be here with me today to give you some last-minute, easy-to-make snacks so that you don't have to go out and buy things that are frozen. She will give you some really easy-to-make things using fresh ingredients, using things that you might have around the house. It's always fun when she's here because, well, she's talking about food, and who doesn't love food? We're also going to be talking about the commercials. Let's face it. The commercials are sort of the second game that are going on in the Super Bowl. And we will tell you how much advertisers are paying to have their ads appear in the Super Bowl. We'll talk about some of the ads that you will not see this year. A lot of interesting stuff going on with the commercials. And of course, some of them are already available online. So there's really no point in tuning into the Super Bowl anymore if you're already able to see the commercials. But... We'll talk about that coming up later in the show. And, of course, all of the other things that you may or may not want to know about the Super Bowl. We'll be talking about those. We have to take a quick break, but we will be back on the other side of this break with Alex Clancy, our sports expert, when Crawl Call continues. Stay tuned, everybody. Buddy, you're a boy, make a big noise, playing in the street, gonna be a big man someday. You got mud on your face, you big disgrace. Hey, soap fans, are you looking for the inside scoop on your favorite daytime drama series? Well, for 20 years now, soap fans have looked no further than SoapCentral.com. Every day, SoapCentral.com has comprehensive daily recaps of all the happenings on your favorite soap operas. You can take a peek ahead with the scoop for spoilers and previews or share your thoughts with other soap fans from around the world on our bustling message boards. If you're looking for a little history or just looking to settle a bet with a friend, check out hundreds of character profiles and actor biographies. Now you'll know who's slept with who, who's related to who, and of course, who's come back from the dead the most times. Plus, there are exclusive interviews, red carpet coverage of the daytime Emmys, and much, much more. So whether you're watching The Young and the Restless, Days of Our Lives, General Hospital, or The Bold and the Beautiful, or if you're reflecting on some of the soaps that are no longer with us, SoapCentral.com will keep you tuning in tomorrow. Now let's get back to more of this week's Kroll Call. 
Hi, I'm Lindsay Wells, the Kitchen Witch, with some easy and delicious snack ideas for game day, like my highly addictive Chipotle chicken nachos. All you do is place one cup of sour cream in a blender with one or two canned Chipotles in adobo sauce. Pulse until smooth and then heat in a skillet with a cup of niblets corn, a cup of drained black beans, and one cup of shredded or even canned chicken. Bring that to the boil and pour Pour over a platter of nacho chips sprinkled with two cups of shredded cheese and then top with diced tomatoes, green onion and chopped cilantro. Now let's get back to Dan with more of this week's special Super Crow Call Show. Hey everybody, welcome back to this week's episode of Crow Call and our big game coverage. My first guest is someone who only earned a ticket back to our Super Crow show because he correctly predicted which two teams would make it to the Super Bowl. Well, not impressed? Well, what if I told you that he did it all the way back before Christmas when we didn't even know which teams would be in the playoffs? Well, you might change your tune. Alex Clancy is our official sports fan enthusiast here on Crow Call. For a reason, he's going to split up his time here to talk first about diehard sports fans and everything that they'll need to know about the big game. And then we're going to do a segment for those of you who would like to understand football a little bit better. Alex, welcome back to the show and congratulations on your correct prediction. Uh, Thanks for having me back, Dan. I, I do appreciate it. It was, you know, it's tough. It's one of those things that at the beginning of the season, you know, you never know what's going to happen. And we have people who, you know, when we got down to the final four they've correctly predicted which two teams would win you know big deal anybody can do that you did it before we even had any idea who was in the playoffs that's kind of impressive well thank you i mean a lot of it is luck involved and i'm i'm not going to say i'm not Adonis by any stretch but um just looked at the looked at the matchups looked at who i don't feel the advantage and uh made uh, the decision based on it so I guess the question that everybody wants to know as we get into this discussion about the big game is, are your balls properly inflated? Um, you know, uh, no comment. Uh, <laughs> you, you know, it's, it's, <laughs> it's funny. That's a good one. I don't really know what to say to that. Okay, so we obviously, for those who don't know, I don't know where you've been for the past week or so, there is a little bit of a controversy going into this year's Super Bowl. Alex, you know, have we had this much controversy going into a Super Bowl before? I know that we've had controversy at halftime shows before, but this, to me, I think is a first going in where there's this much talking about whether or not one of the teams deserves to be there or not. Yeah, uh, two years ago, uh, Ray Lewis had the little issue with uh, deer antler extract that was that he was being questioned about it maybe being a performance enhancing drug a couple weeks before the Super Bowl. But this thing definitely supersedes that. Uh, it's interesting and polarizing because the New England Patriots have had some sort of uh, situation like this before with mm-hmm. Spygate back in 2004, and it, it begs the question: you know, are they ahead of their time? Are they? finding loopholes before others, you know, make rules against them. And it's been a very, very interesting topic to, uh, to read about and cover because really nobody's talking about the game. All they're talking about is spy game. I mean, uh, uh, the flake game. And it's really interesting because the game is going to be really good and people can't, uh, seem to get away from, uh, the potential cheating aspect of what's going on. So let's, for the sake of this discussion, this is not, Uh, finger-pointing in any way, shape, or form, but let's just hypothetically say that the game balls 
and being underinflated did play a key role in the Patriots getting to the Super Bowl. Let's just for that point. What do you do in that situation? I mean, you can't kick the Patriots out of the Super Bowl because, you know, then you don't have a team and there's a lot of money going into this. It's like a billion dollar enterprise, the Super Bowl. What do you do, Alex? You kind of take a step back and and deal with the ramifications afterwards because Bill Belichick knows always what he is doing. He always, again, as I said before, finds loopholes. What, what are they going to do? Yeah, you know, kick us out. I dare you. I dare you to suspend us from the Super Bowl. I dare you until pending further investigation. There's no way they're going to do that. So the timing of it, maybe, maybe poor timing. I still don't know exactly what happened because the, the investigation is still ongoing. And something to look at this in the bigger picture is that the NFL and Roger Goodell cannot get this wrong. Because of what happened with Ray Rice and the suspension and then the changing of the suspension and Adrian Peterson and Josh Gordon even, they have to get this correct. So it's going to take longer than, you know, Super Bowl Sunday to figure it out. And at that point, it's really going to be, it's, it's, it's going to be a non-issue until they make a rule again and implement the rule and, uh, and reprimand people for, for uh, deflating balls if it ever happens again. So does this then put into question a team that has been, you know, quite dominant over, I mean, in recent years and a lot of wins, does this now have people saying, hey, you know, maybe the only reason they won so many games is because they were spying on other teams because their uh, equipment, I can't say balls, inflated. <laughs> it's just, I mean, it's, I become, you know, the, the high schooler that just sits and giggles. So perhaps sure. their equipment isn't, Function that even sounds even worse. That sounds like a Cialis <laughs> Viagra commercial for halftime show. But their equipment may not be up to snuff. I mean, does this? And if the Patriots go on to win, does it now become an asterisk where we say, uh, "Yeah, they did win, but maybe they shouldn't have." Uh, it, simple answer: No. Uh, people love to hate the Patriots, so let's. That is the foundation for everything. Tom Brady. All-American golden boy, married to Giselle, has three kids. You know, he's on top of the world. And people love to hate people like that when there's nothing wrong with them. Uh, I think that that, it, coupled with the fact that there is an investigation, some people might say, especially Patriot haters, will say, oh, asterisk this, asterisk that. <laughs> um, I mean, I think that's really what it's going to come down to. Spygate, nobody, they won the Super Bowl. In the annals of time, nobody's going to look, and there's going to be no asterisk on uh, Super Bowl champions from, you know, year one to, to present. So people are going to forget about it, as, as they have, until this came up this time. So 20 years from now, if the Patriots win, it's really going to be a non-issue unless there are, are huge ramifications and huge suspensions brought about after the Super Bowl. Completely unrelated, sort of. I mean, you mentioned that. There's something here in, in Pennsylvania probably is bigger than it was elsewhere, but they originally had stripped Joe Paterno of wins from Penn State because of uh, uh, child molestation investigations and, and troubles and things that were going on that he wasn't involved in per se, but he may have turned the other cheek. They took things away from him after the fact. Do you think that the NFL would ever even consider, if they find out that this was something that was done intentionally, you know, would they ever strip the Patriots of wins? Would they ever strip them of of titles? Would they take back trophies? Now, you know, like Millie Vanilli, they had to give up their Grammy. Uh, 
is, is no. are the New England Patriots the Millie Vanilli of the NFL? <laughs> no, no, absolutely not. Absolutely not. The NFL is always about the brand. It's always about putting a good product or any product on the field. Everything, all of these, you know, all of these allegations, performance enhancing drugs, suspensions, all that stuff, it doesn't matter because people will watch football. And Millie Vanilli, no. And I actually, I'm actually offended by that because I'm a Patriots fan, so thank you. But I, I, I think that this is just another blip and, and it, it's going to continue, and the Patriots are still going to be the Patriots, and people are going to forget. That's just what it is. The thing with the Joe Paterno, uh, however, is I truly believe that that was a very, very poor decision by the NCAA to give the wins back to Penn State. Uh, because just like Bill Belichick is you know, the head coach of this team, Joe Paterno was the mayor of University Park. He was the mayor of Penn State. So he had to have known what was going on. And because he was an older man and respected up to that point, I think that that kind of, uh, that, that enveloped the whole case. And then that after he passed away, that they just decided to give the game, the wins back to which I think was, was a poor decision. So do you think that everyone is just making too much of a big deal out of deflate gate? Uh, yeah, it's 44 to seven or the 41 to seven, whatever the final score was, the Patriots punished Indianapolis Tom Brady threw worse. He was 11 for 22 in the first half with an interception uh, when the balls were technically deflated, or, or allegedly, and he turned it on in the second half and played like Tom Brady. So if this was like, say New England was down 21-7 at halftime, and then there was a question about whether the PSI levels of the ball in the second half and the Patriots came back and won, yes, maybe there would be a situation there. But the better team won the game. It didn't matter if they were playing with tennis balls or bowling balls. They won the game. So your personal preferences aside, let's break down both sides. Let's talk about the Seahawks. Let's talk about the Patriots. What are the strengths that each of these teams bring to the big game? Seattle, first off, defense, obviously. That's their, that's their staple. That's their foundation. That's where their bread is buttered. Uh, it's, it'll be interesting to see what happens with that this year because of how well and how how much they dominated uh, Peyton Manning and the Broncos last year, uh, only allowing them eight points when they were the most prolific offense in NFL history during a regular season. They're playing against another immobile quarterback in Tom Brady who has won rings. But I think defense and the run game, to be succinct, are the two most important things that Seattle needs to establish to win this game. The Patriots, on the other hand, the defense that they have now is definitely well, much more well-equipped to win a Super Bowl than in years past. They have two very, very good uh, defensive backs in Darrell Rivas and Brandon Browner. Brandon Browner won a Super Bowl with uh, Seattle last year. So this is it, they have a different situation now in the secondary. So Russell Wilson is going to have some pressure on him to make correct passes and to not make, to not make any mistakes. And then they have the king. And people forget <laughs> who Tom Brady is. And this is not – I'm a sports fan – I, you know, I'm a fan enthusiast, whatever, whatever you trademark. Uh, I happen to be a Patriots fan, but I also look at numbers in history because I'm very analytical when it comes to the past, and I don't make ignorant judgments just based on who I like. And Tom Brady has won three Super Bowls. This, is the, this will be his sixth trip to a Super Bowl, and he, I truly believe, will instill his dominance and rem- remind people of who the best quarterback in the NFL is. And I think that, I think that uh, he will, and that is their number one strength. On the flip side, let's talk weaknesses, things that could be exploited. I, I am 
feeling the pain of the moment, quite literally. Uh, you know, injuries always play a key part. There are other things that are, are far more uh, less tangible for people here. So let's talk weaknesses. What are some of the things that Seattle has to be concerned about? Well, the, Richard Sherman and Earl Thomas, two of their best uh, defensive backs, were injured in the NFC Championship game. Uh, Earl Thomas left the game, came back. Richard Sherman uh, played through an injury. It seemed like he was wearing a sling during the whole part of the second half, but powered through. They're both expected to play. So that, I, that if there is any sort of weakness on the defense, I think injury-wise that would be it. And they don't have much of a receiving core in, in Seattle. Uh, it's with the loss of Golden Tate last year, they don't really have much. They have a Javon Curse who caught the game, the game winning touchdown against Green Bay in overtime. You know, they have Doug Baldwin. They have a couple tight ends that can come in here and there, but there's not much on the offensive side of the football with, besides the Marshawn Lynch, especially in the receiving court. And what about the Patriots? Defense. <laughs> besides the secondary that, that I mentioned before, Russell Wilson is very, very difficult to contain. So he's, he, led, he led all quarterbacks in rushing. He ran for almost 1,000 yards this year, which is an average season for a running back, let alone a quarterback. The elusivity of him and the ability for Marshawn Lynch to, to gain tough yards, that's going to be the toughest part for New England, is if the front seven can play, contain Russell Wilson and Marshawn Lynch. If they do, I think they'll win. So we have you coming back in just a bit for another segment for Football Newbies. Do you want to make your prediction now in the expert section, or do you want to leave everybody hanging and wait until the end of our chat before you make your prediction? I'll wait. All right. Well, then, everybody, we're going to give you some time to go and, I don't know, check your balls. We'll be back with more of our Super Bowl discussion here on Crow Call. Stay tuned. real sports fan get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter formerly with the Arizona Cardinals San Diego Chargers and St. Louis Rams Kwame's got the experience so he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk it's on the Voice America Sports Network every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday and Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time 12 noon Eastern Time get ready for an unpredictable fun and sometimes sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Feeding a crowd on game day? Well, how about using the slow cooker? Just toss boneless, skinless chicken breasts and thighs into the crock pot. Pour in a bottle of beer at a tablespoon each of brown sugar, fresh lime juice, and fresh diced jalapeno pepper with three cloves of chopped garlic, a cup of chopped cilantro, and a spice blend made with a tablespoon of chili powder and one teaspoon each onion powder, paprika, cumin and salt. Cook on the low setting for six to eight hours and you've got the most amazing filling for buffet-style chicken tacos or tostadas. Now let's get back to Dan with more of this week's Super Crow Call Show. All I do is win, 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 no matter what. Got money on my mind, I can never get enough. And every time I step up in the building, everybody hands go up. We are celebrating the big game here on Kroll Call this week. We can't say the name, probably, so we're just calling it the Super Kroll because, well, 
I apparently have an inflated ego. There's <laughs> no need to worry about a deflated ego on this side. Now, for those of you out there who maybe watched the Super Bowl, but you really don't know what's going on, and you're afraid to ask during the game what just happened, we're going to try to give you a little bit of information so that you'll know the difference between touchdowns, first downs, quarterbacks, and other definite terms. But for those of you who want to watch the game this year for something other than commercials and for other for snacks, we have Alex Clancy here. He is our fanthusiast. We've hashtagged it. We have trademarked it. Whatever it is, he's going to try to give you a better understanding of the game so that you can surprise your family and friends with a few catchy buzzwords. Hopefully, you'll use them at the right time. We can't really guarantee that. But Alex, there's a lot to explain about football, we're not going to be able to do that in the course of this segment. So what do you think is the most important point, I guess other than knowing the names of the teams that are competing, what is the most important thing that folks need to know or or need to understand to understand football? Uh, First thing I would say is positions. You have your quarterback, you have your running back. They're called, you'll you'll hear the buzzword or the buzz phrase, Skill positions, quarterback, running back, wide receivers. Those are the ones that get all the praise. Those are the ones that people uh, yell at the TV, you know, when they screw up. But quarterbacks, wide receivers, running backs on offense are the most important players to watch. They're the ones that are going to make the the highlight plays, and they're the ones that could potentially ground their team if they don't do their job. For folks who are watching and they'll see that perhaps their team is not the one that has the ball and they'll always be yelling saying, get them, get them, get them. Who are the people that they're yelling at to get them, get them, get them? Let's talk a little bit about the defense. What are some of the the positions there that folks should maybe be aware of? Well, you have the big, large gentlemen up front that are going to be (laughs) kneeling down right next to the team on the other side of the football. Those are your defensive linemen. Those are the guys that have the, one of the better chances of sacking the quarterback, taking down the guy that you don't want to be standing up and throwing touchdowns against your favorite team. And then the second level is what it's called, are the linebackers. These guys are between you know, 6'2 and 6'6, depending, between 220 and 270 pounds. And they are kind of the, the marshals in the middle of the field that look, they, they, they can defend a pass, and they can also defend a running back running at them, and they also run after the quarterback. And then you have the little guys, and I use the term little uh, lightly, on, the, outs, on the, the, the third line, which is uh, the secondary, who intercept the balls, who, who tackle the wide receivers after they make a catch, and those are the guys that will make some of the most fun plays to watch when you're watching your team on defense. You have something like baseball, you have something like hockey, you have something like soccer, where if someone scores, they get a point. Then you have something like tennis, where one point is 15, and then you have football. Let's talk a little bit about scoring points, what people need to do to get the points so that folks who are watching, they understand why there are the points on the board that there are. Break it down for us, Alex. On offense, there are touchdowns, there are point after, and there are field goals. Touchdowns are scored when a player on offense runs across the end, the goal line to score. That's a, that's a six-point play. Then the kicker lines up and kicks the extra point, which, is, which amounts to seven total points that you can score on a touchdown play. Uh, you can also, it's called going for two, 
which is a two-point conversion. You can bypass the point after, and you can actually run a play that could get you two points. And if you don't complete that pass or run, then you still have six points. It's just a touchdown. A field goal is, say, you have fourth down in the middle of the field, closer to your goal line, and it's too far away for you to go for a touchdown. You can do what's called a field goal, where you have your kicker come out, kick the ball through the uprights, and if it's if it's made, if it's a made uh, kick, then that's worth three points. For folks and then who on are, defense, oh, go ahead. no, I was to say for folks who are listening to that and they're saying, okay, so you score a touchdown, you get six points, and then you have a choice of kicking the ball and getting one or running a play and getting two, there'll be people who maybe who are football newcomers, which is the whole purpose of this segment, who would say, why wouldn't you want to go for more points? Let's go for two. What are the pluses and minuses for uh, the point after and going for a two-point conversion? The point after plus is it is, only, it is so difficult to score points in the NFL. It just is. I mean, some scores will, you know, there are high-scoring games, low-scoring games, but when you get into the end zone, every point matters. Okay, so say the score is 0-0 at the beginning of the game. You want to take just the one-point extra kick because it's easier. It's easier to convert, and you want to put as many points on the board as possible. Now, let's say you're down by 16 points with seven minutes left and you score a touchdown, so that gets you down 10 points, then you would elect to go for the two-point conversion, and if you, if you convert that, then you're still only down eight points, and if you did the same thing again, you'd be tied. And the downside is that you don't get the extra points that are, that are imperative to win football games. One point here and there could be the make-or-break of going 0-16 and winning the Super Bowl. That is true. So let's talk about on the other side of the ball, scoring defensively. And this is the fun part. This, this, is, this is where games are won or lost. And if, say, somebody, uh, the quarterback throws the ball and it's intercepted, it's caught by the opposing team, and that player runs it all the way back across the goal line for a touchdown, six points, same thing as if it were on offense. And the extra point and two-point conversion rules still apply. Uh, and the same thing with, say, somebody catches the ball or is running the ball and drops it or it gets stripped from them. And the defense picks it up, runs it back, same thing, six points, and you can go for the extra point of the two-point conversion. Let's go a little bit more in-depth because we have to figure out what people are doing in order to score these points. A lot of people won't understand what a down is or where do they have to go to, to do it again. For folks who are listening, let's try to explain first downs. Let's talk about the number of yards they need to get to get another set of downs. You're the expert. I'll let you start with what you think the most important part of all of that is for our football newbies listening. Every possession starts first down and 10 yards. It takes 10 yards to get a first down. So that's the foundation. You have four chances, first down, second down, third down, and fourth down sometimes to gain a first down. And it's, you can run passing plays or running plays, and you only move the ball if you complete a pass or if a running back runs for positive yardage. So say it is third down and one yard to go. So you've, you've gained nine yards on two downs, on your first two downs. And the running back runs for five yards. You, you gain another first down. So wherever that ball is spotted, you gain another first down with 10 yards to go. So I and think then the, sometimes, yeah, the important thing for people to know is that with that 10, you have three definite chances to get to the 10. The fourth one is the one that comes into play because sometimes people will say, well, okay, 
they didn't go for it. They needed a yard. Why didn't they go for it? They kicked the ball away. Why, in some situations, wouldn't someone want to try and go and, and get all the 10 yards that they need? Because if you are, so the football field is 100 yards long. So at the 50-yard line, that is the, the middle point between your side and their side. If you are, if, if you are on the 25-yard line and you have 75 yards to go and it's fourth down, you don't want to go for, go for it on fourth down because if you don't get the yards needed, the other team gets the ball. And they only have to go 25 yards out of the possible 100 to score a touchdown or kick a field goal. And you want, it's called field position. You want to play the field position game where you not only try to score, but you also make it more difficult for the other team to score by putting them as far away from their end zone as possible. It makes a lot of sense. Now, there are going to obviously be other questions that people may have as they're watching the game or as they're thinking about it. Alex, where can they find you on Twitter and social media in case they want to ask you, our Kroll Call expert, some questions about the big game? You can find me at Clancy's Corner, C-L-A-N-C-Y-S-C-O-R-N-E-R on Twitter. And I'm there. I'm, I'm very active on Twitter. So uh, any questions you might have, just mention me and I'll, I'll be happy to respond. See, that's what you all need to know. One of the other things that we need to know, other than the prediction, what is your favorite football-watching snack, Alex? What do you need to have above all else in order to make it a good game? Oh, God, don't put me on a spot like this. Uh, I mean, everything. I, I'm, I'm, I'm total, total fat kid just falling asleep at halftime uh, to wake up for the second half with eating. I mean, anything you put in front of my face, hot dogs, hamburgers, chips, I don't care. Oh, you know what? Probably an eight-layer dip that's good. That's eight, and they're hard to come by. They're very hard to come by. So I would probably say that. That's – I mean, we can't talk about uh, – Super Bowl without food. So the last word, Alex, goes to you. Predictions. Who is going to win? And if you dare, what would you predict the final score to be? New England Patriots will win, and my prediction is 27-17. 27-17. So now for those of you out there who were listening to this segment because you are football newcomers, we did explain a little bit about the point scoring system. You can go and do a little bit of math. It's sort of algebra and calculus and an abacus and all things sort of put together. So you can try to figure out with the 27 to 17, what sort of things would need to happen in order to be able to get to those scores. It's sort of homework that you've given them, Alex. Actually, I've given it to them, but you'll be the mean guy in this case. Yeah, that's right. I'll take it. <laughs> Thank you, Alex, so much for being here. I look forward to having you back as we move away from football and we get into some of our other sports as hopefully the weather gets warm. Yeah, well, we are looking fine and dandy out here in Arizona. It's about 72 degrees and sunny, not, not to put salt on the wound, but... Hmm. Well, we were going to have you back. We'll now reevaluate that question. It's always a pleasure, Alex. Thank you so much for taking some time out. Uh, thanks, Dan. I appreciate it. We are going to be talking about more snacks. Who doesn't love football snacks? So stay tuned because Kroll Call will be right back. Please, 
It's the Kitchen Witch again, this time with an easy secret for making super crispy chicken wings that you don't have to deep fry. All you do is mix three teaspoons of salt with three teaspoons of baking powder and one teaspoon of cayenne pepper in a small bowl. Place four pounds of chicken wings into a large deep mixing bowl and then sprinkle with the baking powder mixture. Toss that well until the chicken pieces are well coated and then place on a rack on a sheet pan and refrigerate refrigerate uncovered for 8 hours or overnight. Bake those wings in a preheated 400 degree oven on cookie sheets for about 40 minutes, turning once or twice during the cooking process, and then drench them in your favorite sauce right before serving. Now, let's get back to Dan with more of this week's special Super Kroll show. We are back here live with the Kitchen Witch, Lindsay Wells. She is joining us now with some additional recipes and ideas for Super Bowl snacks. Lindsay, welcome back to the show. Thanks, Dan. I'm glad to be back. Alex said in the last segment he'd like a good eight-layer dip. I'm having a hard time thinking of eight things that could be layered into a dip. Yeah, I've heard of a seven-layer dip. So, you know, like black beans and uh, cream cheese and salsa and corn, and I think I've even seen uh, sometimes people put taco filling. You could really uh, have a ball with it with those layers. I think the eighth layer is chocolate chips or caramel. Everything ah, is better with... Uh, I don't, I don't know. know about that one, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> You're the, you are the expert of the recipes. Now, Lindsay, I always promote your recipes as not only being tasty, but I say that they're easy to make. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of people listening who are cooking challenged out there. Are these recipes really easy to make, or am I just telling one big lie? No, absolutely, Dan. That's the whole point is, you know, who has the time, actually, to, to spend in the kitchen? Um, everybody's so busy now, and especially if people aren't as familiar with cooking, I try to make my recipes just straightforward, easy to follow. And the other thing is I try to keep it to ingredients that are easy to find. That's a good point. Now, there are, there's one ingredient on Super Bowl Sunday that's always easy to find. It's one mm-hmm. of the most popular snacks Everyone in the world loves them, except mm-hmm. for me. Do you have any what idea? What is the snack? <laughs> chicken wings. I want no part ah. of a chicken wing. Keep them away from me. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Why? I don't That's know. That's so I think funny. It's, you know, wings are fine. You look at a bird and you say, oh, look at how majestic. Look at the feathers. And then you see <laughs> the little plucked wing, and it just looks very unappealing to me. <laughs> I don't know. I now I know that you I know that we were trying to convert you to Brussels sprouts earlier this year. That now didn't I'm going to have to go on a chicken wing conversion plan for you. <laughs> Here's the thing that's actually scary about that. I, I think I might actually consider eating a vegetable before I eat a chicken wing. That's how loath I mm. am to eating chicken wings. So you would actually do a Brussels sprout? Well, no, let's not get too crazy here. I said a vegetable. <laughs> let's, let's not go overboard. We have a bit of a voting, you know, who's, you had in the last segment the predictions on who's going to win the Super Bowl. The next one could be predictions. What would Dan eat more quickly, a Brussels sprout or a wing? Mm, that actually sounds like a YouTube video waiting to happen. <laughs> hey, there you go. <laughs> okay, so there won't be vegetables or chicken wings at my Super Bowl spread, but when you are putting together an idea, Lindsay, for all the different things that you would serve at 
for example, a Super Bowl party. Mm-hmm. How do you come up with what you're going to serve? Is there like a, a snack food group that needs to be represented? Is it, uh, you know, what you like to make? Do you make things for other people? Tell us how we put together a Super Bowl spread. So I think that when it's Super Bowl, people are, you know, it's it's such a casual kind of a party. So I think anything that, that kind of feels really casual, again, I'm the make-ahead queen. So um, one of the things that I would do, and I know there was um, a little bit about it during the, the commercial time, is I love to just put um, chicken into a slow cooker and cook it up in beer and then serve it with tortillas and toppings, and people can just come around and help themselves. And then just like really super easy dips and something about Super Bowl, it just, it seems like you got to have dips. People are watching the TV, so it has to be things they can hold in their hands. It's not food that, you know, it's not fussy food where you'd be sitting around a table. Um, it's it's kind of like that real manly food. So I don't know why I always associate like spicy stuff, maybe Tex-Mex flavors and manly food, but that seems to be the direction I go. Manly food. All right, so we have another recipe that we're not able to fit into the commercial breaks due to time constraints, but this is one that you say will have people licking a pie plate. Do tell. Seriously, and this is the most crazy, easy recipe. It's actually not mine. I had it at at a party last summer, and so whoever came up with this is brilliant. All it is is cream cheese, and then you dump a can of your favorite chili over top of the cream cheese, cover it with shredded cheese, and stick it in the microwave until it gets all melty, and you serve it with tortilla chips. And I swear to you, I was not a believer until I tasted it. It's so good. And people will never guess how easy it is. See, that's, it goes back to that thing again of easy. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, when you're putting all of these things out here. It's much, I would much rather have something that's easy to make that no one knows than putting out a bowl of chips, a bowl of pretzels, some sliced up cheese and saying, you know, exactly. here you go. Sparky, exactly, because these are all things that are, you know, like super impressive. Um, another thing that you can do, I actually put it on my blog today. A cream cheese is great for any type of a party like this. So you mm-hmm. can mix cream cheese up with butter and dump in uh, ham or even shrimp if you want or um, some, uh, some uh, peppers, whatever, and just spread it onto a big loaf of French bread and stick it under the broiler, and it makes, like, cheesy, wonderful bread that you can serve. And, again, it takes like two minutes to put together. The worst thing about having you on the show is that I get hungry and I still have time. (laughs) There's still show left. So I understand that you have put together a little special snack recipe that we may be able to serve at our Super Bowl parties in honor of the guest that's coming up in our next segment, Nancy Lee Grand. What do we have and what are we calling it? We have to give it a special name, I guess. We need a special name, yes. So um, so we, 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 you and I were talking and we thought, well, what about a twist on graham crackers, right? Grom. So we could call this uh, delectable Grom slice or something. What like it is, that. oh my gosh. Now for everybody listening, if you like like a simple, easy dessert. And if you like Nutella, this icebox cake is to die for. I came up with it last summer, and really all you do, it's a no-bake. You just layer graham crackers into the bottom of a pan, and then you're going to make a, a, a filling with whipping cream and Nutella spread, vanilla, um, a little bit of sugar, and you just make layers, and then that goes in the fridge overnight. And the next day, it turns into this amazing sliced, cool, yummy uh, cake. It's called an icebox cake. I approve of this. This sounds amazing. 
Oh, yes. I, it, I'll tell you, it is so good. And icebox cakes have been around forever, so this is just my twist on, on it. Hmm. Well, I will, I'm going to have to try that out. I have not enough time in a commercial break to be able to do that, but certainly after this week's show, we can go and do that. Lindsay, any last advice, any other last quick minute tips before we have to let you go to go back into your uh, kitchen witchville? <laughs> back to the kitchen witch cottage. I think <laughs> just with any kind of entertaining, the more relaxed you are as a host, then the more relaxed your guests are going to be. So just, you know, serve your, serve your, your food, put it all together uh, early and in, in advance, and then you've just got a stress-free day. And, uh, and, and I'm going to do my bias right now because I'm on the West Coast, so I'm going to say go Seahawks. What's the score going to be? Ooh, okay, let me go. Uh, let's go 27-14. 2714, you heard it there. Well, I'm going to be a relaxed host, and hopefully my guests will be relaxed as well. Lindsay, thank you so much for taking some time to be here today. Oh, thanks so much for having me, Dan. It's always so much fun. We're going to take a quick break, but we'll be back with more of Crow Call in just a moment. Stay tuned, everybody. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. We are the champions, my friends. I'm so glad you might say that they are really fighting till the end. They are all champs, and my next guest is a two-time Emmy winner. She is one half of a wildly popular general hospital couple that has their own smooshed name on Twitter. It's Julexis. And earlier this month, Nancy Legrand unveiled her latest project. It's a digital series called GH Now. She's here to talk about that and some other things. Nancy, welcome to the show. Hey, how are you, Dan? I am good. We're going to do a little bit of a speed dating round for everybody out there. Um, Folks, I'm sure they know you, but for folks who don't, speed dating round. Let everybody know exactly everything that they need to know about you. Oh, um, um, I can't cook. I'm funny. I I, I don't want to take care of anyone, so I'll pay for my own meal, but I'm not paying for yours. Um, And uh, I'm difficult, uh, but 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 wonderful, and I'm really not interested in a relationship right now, so you're going to have to just wait until I am. <laughs> okay, well, you yeah, also like have a snack named. Just, you have a snack you know, named after the, you. Is the phone ringing now for people wanting to date me? <laughs> I don't know. I guess we'll find what out. What we'll... less appealing than what I just said? Uh, it, please. It, it, I'm sure that's not going to chase anybody away. So... <laughs> You have a snack named after you in the last uh, segment. It's Nutella I and whipped cream. A, a graham cracker. A gra- it's a grand cracker or something. It's a Nutella grand cracker. You know, we had to come up I with think, something for you. It's a Super Bowl. I think that's fantastic. I'm going to do that. A grand, a grand, yeah. Well, yeah, we'll come <laughs> we'll up work, with something. 
We'll finesse the name a little bit. So the first three episodes of GH Now are out. I watched them. They're available on ABC.com. They're so funny. Where did the idea to come up with this come from? Well, you know, we make fun of ourselves all the time, you know. Um, And so you just, when we're in the makeup room, the the best part of the show happens off camera. (laughs) In the makeup room when we're pulling pranks on people. And so we have, a, we have a great sense of humor about what we do. And so that's where it came from. It's, it's a combination for me of loving my show, loving what I do, loving my audience, and loving to laugh. So I think it kind of put all those things together. And, uh, you know, this, this came out of it. You know, a lot of people who watch soaps, they think of... Uh, tortured lovers and baby swapping and villains in masks and all that sorts of stuff. There may be some people who are surprised to find out that you guys can do comedy really well as, uh, as well. <laughs> well, you know, I think too, is that sometimes when people have a sense of humor about soap operas, know that we have the same sense of humor about it. We don't take ourselves too seriously. At least I don't. Maurice does. He takes himself way too seriously. <laughs> <laughs> so, but the, rest, him to but pop the up. rest of us really don't. So we just did something fun today that, that I'm actually sitting at um, my friend who's editing a promo that we're going to put up Sunday. And uh, we just had the good fun. I had fun with Jane and Tony and, you know, Ryan Pavey and just laugh a lot. It's fun. As part of this, you play some games. You went out onto Hollywood Boulevard and were talking to strangers. Yeah. That sounds, you know, stranger danger. That sounds a little scary. <laughs> no, it wasn't. It's really fun. Um, I, that's my favorite thing that we do. And I think if the show gets picked up, we'll probably be doing that and a little bit of that in every episode. Um, no, it's great fun. And this, what you didn't see was even, I think, funnier than some of what you did see. It just might have been a little more inappropriate. <laughs> Well, well inappropriate is how game people are when you go out there. Because if I saw Mike <laughs> coming at me, I'd run. And but they it, jump right in, and I, I, I made out with a bunch of strangers, and then they started lining up, and I was, you know, charging. Uh, no, I wasn't. <laughs> but it was, it was really fun. It was really fun. We had a great time. Inappropriate is often my middle name here on the show, so I have a couple of games of my own for you. Uh, first yeah. is. We'll say if the Port Charles, if Port Charles had their own professional football team, what do you think the name of the team would be, or what would their mascot be? Hmm. Well, their mascot would be a gun, <laughs> a talking, walking gun. Um, their let's see, what would their team be called? The oh, I don't know. Uh, the uh, Port Chuck. Bombers. I don't know. That works. Bombers. That works. Which general hospital character is most likely to flash a boob at a halftime show? Which character? Yes. Well, the two crazy bitches in the show, Ava and Nina, right? I would think so. Which general hospital actor? Oh, wait, and Heather. There's Heather. All the, all the crazy true. ones would do that. Would, well, what about which general hospital actor? I would do it actor? in real life, but they would, their characters would do it. Well, that was the next question. Which actor would be most likely to flash a boob at a halftime show? Probably me. <laughs> Probably. I, I, would, I would never. I would never. But, yeah, I, I, it depended what the circumstances were and if there was a good joke at the end. We have another batch of GH Now episodes coming up in February, coming up on, on Monday, the 2nd. Monday. 
Monday, what can we Monday, expect from yeah, them? Yeah, we have oh, lots of fun things. There's a Corinthos coffee commercial that Max and Milo do that's really funny. There's a gurney race. Um, Kirsten's there. We, we critique all the wedding dresses from General Hospital over the years. We do all kinds <laughs> of fun things. Uh, so there have been quite a few memorable dresses. So with that... Yeah. I want to transition slightly into talking a little bit, of course, we're talking Super Bowl here. Do you have yeah. a prediction? You're the only one left who hasn't made a prediction. Who is going to okay, win on so Sunday? Here's, here's my thought about all of this. Um, first of all, I was a big Packers fan. Well, first of, of all, I'm a Bears fan, but at some point you have to just give up, and then I go with the other half, my, my <laughs> bad half, which is the cheesehead part. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I was really wanting the Packers to win, and that really kind of bummed me out. But Sarah Colonna, who's on GH Now with me and my friend and a huge successful stand-up comedian, is engaged to John Ryan, who is the punter of the Seahawks. So we're all friends. So, uh, you know, we weren't that friendly during the game, but now that I had, I accepted being a loser well. It was a good sport, and so now I am so Seahawky. I am all sea hockey. And, um, you know, I, that deflating of the ball thing kind of bothers me. So I think there's just kind of good zhuzh on the Seahawks. So I'm totally rooting for them. So you think the deflated balls was intentional? It didn't just happen magically? I, I, you know what? They found, they found the ball boy going into the bathroom with the ball. <laughs> <laughs> now what, what the hell is that about? So, and didn't that coach, wasn't he cheating the, uh, before he was spying on the other teams and stuff? I don't know. There's just, you know, it, it doesn't, I'm very suspicious. Let's, let's, let's just look at that. But that's not to say that, you know, Mr. Perfect, Tom Brady with his perfect little model wife, isn't a great quarterback. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see if hard balls, if he can draw a hard ball. <laughs> Do you have a score prediction? You've picked Seattle. What will the final score be? I don't know. I thought, oh, I don't know. Gee. Uh, I don't know. That 27-14 sounded pretty good. All right. You're what down do you for 20- think it is? I don't know. I can't predict this. You know, I barely know how to keep scoring a football game. <laughs> well, you can go back and listen to the first half of the show. We gave a scoring guide and, and all that other I know. stuff. So. I, I, I do understand. How, you know, I obviously watch it and understand it. Mm-hmm. But I, when they start waving the flags around and throwing penalties, I get all confused. But my mother is, is visiting me, so she explains everything. And, what will uh, be on the snack pl- plates? What kind of food will you be serving? Gin. <laughs> no, just going straight to the gin. Okay. No, just gin and a bucket of ice. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> All right. So it will be bring your own snacks at the Grand household this weekend. Right. But and we'll have a gin fountain in the middle of the table. <laughs> <laughs> I think that might work. That you might have uh, just upped your speed dating profile from the from the top of the show. Exactly. We are slowly ticking out of time here. I'm going to give you the opportunity for the last word to give a message to your fans who are listening. Oh, well, first of all, you know, pretty much nobody loves their fans more than me because they are pretty freaking awesome. And everyone has been 
so supportive, and GH Now has gone very well, the first three episodes, and everyone has been lovely, they've been watching it, they've been sending nice comments, and I just, my gratitude, appreciation, and here come the next three, Monday, and I hope you enjoy them. And we will make sure that everybody finds out how to watch them. And you know what? There's something, too, I think we should know. Oh, right. While it helps yeah. to know uh, about General Hospital, I think that fans of other soaps will enjoy it, even if they've never tuned they into are. GH. They really will, because it's this very general, there's a lot of just, if, if, you know, if, you're, if you watch a soap, if you're on a soap, if you love a soap, you're, you, there's no way you won't get this and have a good time with it. And that's a good thing I wanted to say, too, because Monday, probably Monday and Tuesday, it'll be on the very front page of ABC.com. Then, like anything else, it, will, it moves on to the page it, it, it lives on, which is the General Hospital page. So if you go to ABC.com, you have to go to shows, then go to General Hospital. It'll show the clip of, you know, the, the show for the day and just either move it to the side or scroll down a little. You'll see everything there is to see about General Hospital now. So... Um, it's right there because I've gotten so many people going, what channel is it on? It's on the Internet. <laughs> it's digital. It's an original digital series for ABC.com. So it's not on television. Um, and if they can listen to this, they can find I'm it. sorry, Canada can't watch, but oy, we'll figure something out for them. Well, we are, unfortunately, we're out of time. We're going to make sure if people can listen to this, they can find GH now. We'll make sure that they find it. Nancy, thank you so awesome. much for taking some time out to be here. Dan, this is fun. Thank you. You're irreverent like me. I like that. Well, you know, I have a tendency to say whatever comes into my mind. We're going to have more people from GH Now on the show in a couple of weeks, so folks need yeah. to stay tuned for that. That'll be kind of fun as well. Absolutely. Actors and the, and the comedians, it'll be lots of fun. All right. Well, everybody, thank you out there for joining us today. I want to give a supersized thank you to Alex Clancy, Lindsay Wells, and Nancy Legrand for dropping by. If you missed today's show, if you want to listen to it again or share it with your friends, you can go over to CrollCall.com. Every episode is available on demand for any time viewing or listening. You can listen for free. Next week, we're back on February 6th. It's a Grammys edition of Kroll Call. I'm going to be taking some vocal lessons so I can be up to snuff with my singing, I guess. That's next week on February 6th. And join us Sunday for the third annual Soper Bowl on Soap Central and on Facebook at facebook.com slash Soap Central. We'll be doing a soapy twist to everything that goes on and off field during the big game. We'll also be giving away a $100 Amazon.com gift card to one or more lucky fan. So until then, everybody, I'm Dan Kroll, hoping that you'll join us next time on another edition of Kroll Call. Go team! We reach a home, we're the time, it's